Hi, if you want to show your support, go to paypal.me slash positive sarcasm. Donate any amount. It's all appreciated. Once again, paypal.me slash positive sarcasm. Thank you and enjoy the program. Guess. I don't need guests. Do it live. Fuck it. We'll do it live. Oh, there's the FedEx truck. Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com, uh, Instagram at Positive, what is the underscore? Underscore Positive, yeah. Instagram, Positive underscore Sarcasm. Twitter, five days a week, because I don't do it on the weekends, at POS Sarcasm. Facebook.com slash Positive Sarcasm. What else do I use? Is that it? Positive, I guess, well, I think that's it. I don't know. I've been cutting back a little bit. Oh, I did not get much sleep. Uh, it's just me. Oop, getting a getting a text message. Uh, should I respond? Yes, I will. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, just me this week. Uh, just trying to keep up with the keep up with the with the stuff and the things and the places and the people. Um, I've been ha if, if you guys have been following the vlog, uh, check it out. Uh, YouTube, uh, just YouTube me. It's positive sarcasm. It should pop right up. Look for the black hole symbol with the PS in the middle. And uh, yeah, I just finished up week 90. 90. It's a good number. So uh, after week 100, I'll be making some changes. Uh, it's just um, the week for the weekly format will be changing. It's just that week from one to 100 is something very special, and it should. Uh, in be encapsulated in that from going from a, ha a really shitty vlogger to somebody who is, I guess, kind of decent. Well, I won't, maybe I'm giving myself too much credit. Uh, anyways, you can look me up on the, all the social medias and uh, you can check out that vlog on YouTube. Um, I do uh, keep it up to date a little bit on Vimeo and I, I kill off the old ones because uh, I don't feel like paying an extra 10 bucks a month to be on Vimeo. Um, unless Vimeo gets really, really popular, then I'll consider it. Um, but in the meantime... If you guys, if you have been following the past few weeks, ever since uh, there was a week I did, it was called Playing in the Rain, where I was at the Concorso Italiano, which was like a supercar event where all a bunch of really nice cars show up and, you know, you go get to look at them, maybe touch them. Um, uh, but it started downpouring and I lost one of my cameras in the in the battle because uh, it wasn't weather sealed. So... But every every week since then, I've had basically a different camera at each event. I had a Canon SX60 uh, after that, and then I got rid of that because the problem with that camera was, and yeah, I'm going to be doing a review of, of the, some of my gear, how I've sort of come to be. Um, actually, you know what? Let me go all the way back to the beginning, regardless of the past few weeks. This whole vlog started on, well, the podcast started on one microphone. Actually, it really just started on one computer. So the the origin of the podcast was just me and Mark, Mark and I, um, on one computer with a speaker microphone, and then it eventually um, became two. You know, you know it. That's pretty much it. It eventually I had enough gear where I pieced it all together, and I have two microphones, um, which can pretty much run off of any computer, which is freaking sweet. So it's super mobile. Um, but the vlog was a little bit more, tr was a little trickier than that. It started off, I had a Sony point-and-shoot camera. Literally, that's it. It shot in 720p, uh, which is really no longer used anymore. Well, if it is, it's very, very little. And had no flip-up screen, had no external mic. I had one battery. I Well, I had two, but I, before I was able to use the second one, the camera got stolen. Uh, more on that in a minute, but... Basically, I had that camera for the first eight or nine vlogs. It's just a little point and shoot. Literally, that's it. That's all I had. And I built a little tiny mount on my car so that if I was driving, I could put it on my car like a dash cam. And I could point it either way. And I would get my thoughts off my chest while I was driving because I thought talking was part of doing vlogs, which it is, depending upon how good of a talker you are. And me, I come and go. Matter of fact, to this day, it's still difficult for me sometimes to put myself in front of a camera because maybe I'm uncomfortable or whatever. But I had a little Sony DSC point-and-shoot camera for the first eight. Then on week nine I, of the vlog, which was way back in the day, I went to Boston to shoot an episode. And when I got back out of my car, you can actually see it up on YouTube if you pull up week nine, uh, 
I woke up in the morning to check out my gear, and apparently my camera never made it inside. I apparently dropped it between my car and my door, and somebody just picked it up with all the raw data on it, and then that was it. That was the end of that vlog. There was no vlog. All I had was the drone footage, and that was it. So no week. So, and, and here's the crazy thing. Between week one and week nine, I basically had my camera stolen, and my father passed away. So, I mean, needless to say, it's like, okay, what do you do at this point? I had the drone. I had the point and shoot. But that's basically it. Um, after that, basically I jumped right back on the horse. I ended up with a, a Sony CX240, which is a Handycam. Uh, 9.2 megapixels, shot in 1080p at 60 frames per second, which is pretty good. Problem with Sony is they use their own proprietary uh, coding or their own format, so you have to convert it to a different format before you edit it. I've been drinking coffee all day. Took a nap. We were filming. Um, Turcotte of Pulkin Productions was filming uh, a movie he's doing at my house, so uh, I got a, I broke out a bunch of peanuts for them, and uh, I ate like too many, and I ended up with like a food coma because I put a bunch of raisins in there too. So I just the sugar the sugar drop the sugar dump just passed made me pass out. Um, but anyways, so now I'm pounding coffee like a gentleman. <sighs> so week 10 was basically a test for the new camera. Sony CX240, 1080p, 60 frames per second, 9.2 megapixels. Actually, pretty good image stabilization. Problem was with the, it was very clunky as far as, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's super, it was very durable. Matter of fact, I still have it to this day and it still works. Um, and I use it from time to time because I still film in 1080p or 1080i, either one. Um, but when you would like move it around or stuff like that, you could kind of hear the casing, the out, the outer shell, like moving around on on the in the vlogs. So even on the um, on the tripod that I the, the the gorilla pods that I use, you could still hear it from time to time. But it had the flip out screen, so you could you know you could do the vlog style. It had a decent microphone. It wasn't the best, but for what I bought it for like 180 bucks, you can get them now for like $80. So you can do a lot, and they're super pocket friendly. So if you were traveling on a trip, or if you just need something that's really mobile and durable, it, freaking, I, you, how could you go wrong? You don't shoot pictures, you just shoot video. You really couldn't go wrong. And they make bigger ones that you can put shotgun mics on and get better sound with, and that have better image quality. You really couldn't. You can't go wrong with these Sony Handycams. These things are awesome. Canon makes them too. Panasonic makes them too. But Handycams, you really can't go wrong. Problem was with the Handycam is with the with the larger ones, cool. You know, they have uh, presence. Now, as a vlogger, you need to have presence. You need to have, as far as being, you have to first of all, you have to be a good vlogger. You have to know how to edit, set up, shoot, things like that. But your gear does have to have presence. And the Handycam was so small, it essentially, on the tripod, it looked like a fucking hot dog on a stick. So it had no... It, you could be pushing in to get, like, a picture, but if you're in a crowd or at an event or a festival or whatever, people aren't going to take you that seriously if you're running around with that type of gear. Number one, it's not professional. But it didn't matter. I didn't have any money at the time. You know? Not that it's any different now, but... You know, back then, I didn't have any cash. I had to put that on a Target card in order to afford it. So I got that, and it worked. It did the job. It really did do the job. Plus, I wasn't that great of a vlogger then either. Uh, but, you know, you have to work with what you got. You got to struggle through that. But the amazing thing was is I had that camera from week 10 to week 59. So, you know, 49 weeks of shooting with, that freaking camera, and it still works. The only different, the only problem I have with it now, is if I drop it, sometimes it goes out of focus, and you just have to restart it. And the uh, it charges, it charges externally without having to shut it off. It'll charge externally via any portable charger you have because it has a USB connector coming right out of it. But this, there's a, the the piece that connects to the actual camera frayed out, so you actually can't even charge it anymore via the camera. You have to take the battery out, pop in a new one and then charge the battery in the wall. But it still works. It's still usable, and it has a good hand strap on it. So if you give it to, like, I do drift racing events. Uh, like, I film them and stuff. 
you give it to one of the, the passengers and you go, here you go. They just drop it on, they just throw it on their hand and they film everything and you get all that footage. And it's perfect. So I still use it, but I needed to move up in image quality. So I did a little bit of research. Well, as much research as I could because I didn't know a lot about cameras at the time and I still really don't. I know the essentials of what I need to shoot with in order to be more efficient. Because it's more important to be able to tell the story than the gear you have. But at the end of the day, you need a camera with more presence. So I decided I was going to look into Nikon because my niece is into Nikons. She's been shooting with Nikons for a long time. Uh, so I jumped into that and ended up with a Nikon B700. It has the, the, you know, the, the flip-out swivel screen. It shot in 4K. It was a bridge camera, but it had a 60 zoom on it. So it could really reach out there. And I dropped it down. I decided I'm not going to film in 4K because a lot of people don't even watch in 4K. Because 4K, yeah, 4K is cool, but I shoot a lot of, I use a lot of slow motion. So I, number one, I need a camera with image stabilization. Has to have image stabilization. And you really do get the convenience of shooting. Uh, there's a real convenience of shooting with a bridge camera. A bridge camera is basically like a high-end point-and-shoot. The, the lens is built in, and you can get them now inexpensively with a big zoom on them. And they have, they're larger. They're just a larger-looking camera. So with the screen out, you have more of a presence with that. So people will let, you know, are more likely to let you through than with this little hot dog on a stick. They have better sound. They have way better image quality. I mean, we're talking the, the hot dog on a stick, the, the Handycam had... Eight point, it was a nine megapixel ish, whereas the Nikon B seven hundred shot at ten eighty p at sixty frames per second. Well, that's what I used it for with a twenty megapixel sensor. Great camera during the daytime. Had good sound, even though I was it didn't have a it didn't have a headphone jack, so you couldn't use an external shotgun mic. But the stereo mic on top was was sound, was very sound. It was very good. It did the job good. Um, in loud festival environments, if you're trying to interview somebody, like if uh, if you look at the week, it was called um, Keg Crusaders. Uh, I forget which week that was. Um, I was trying to uh, somebody who was going to get cause uh, from uh, Crescent City Kitchen was doing a uh, a little story with me, and you could barely hear him. So it's good to switch to a shotgun mic if you have an external microphone that you can purchase for your camera. You'll know if it has it. It'll have like that little that hot shoe on top of the camera, and that's and if you look for a microphone jack, you can go and buy one for pretty cheap on on eBay or Amazon, depending upon where you or Keh or Adorama or Hunts. Um, and then, but this one didn't have it, but it had all the stuff I needed to get going, except for one thing. This camera could not shoot at night, and when I say it couldn't shoot at night, I meant once the sun went down. And you were just working with city lights or traffic lights. This thing didn't work at all. You couldn't shoot shit. It was so infuriating that it limited my shooting, especially in the winter time. Like between week sixty and week seventy, when I was shooting a lot at night, because it was well, first of all, it was still the middle of winter. Basically, it was like between. February and March, so it was still really cold, and the, the sun was still going down early. So couldn't do that. So I had to use other things, like my phone, which was, you know, it's my phone. I'd rather not be, but, you know, in that circumstance, you can do that. But I couldn't, the, the fucking camera couldn't shoot at night. The handy cam could shoot at night. 3.30 in the morning, week 53. I was, it's 3.30 in the morning. I shot the entire thing from 3.30 in the morning till 7.30 in the morning. And the, the Handycam captured all of it. But this goddamn Nikon couldn't do that at all. I could do a compa- You could do a comparison for sure. And you'd be like, what? It made no sense. It was a huge fault. It's a huge failure on uh, Nikon's part to make a camera like, like that that really could do it all and had great battery life and great image quality and all other jazz but not be able to shoot video at night it's fucking ridiculous so that being said you know i worked with it the best i could and i I worked around it but thankfully as the spring you know as it got nicer out the 
camera, you know, it became more versatile. I was running around during the day. It had great battery life. I could basically two batteries and I could go all day or two days even. It was awesome. So I ran with that despite that issue. Um, as time went on, I ended up switching from a uh, Motorola XT1635 to a, uh, now I have the Samsung Galaxy S9 Plus, and that has additional features on top of that. So I'm able to use that a little bit for some things. Plus I have a, a makeshift tripod, Gorillapod, that I made for it, which is really cool. So I could do certain things with it. And comparatively, image-wise, it's it's a lot like the B700. So I've been using that a little bit too in my arsenal, but for different reasons. I'd rather not film with that full time because it's kind of amateurish. So I filmed from week 60 to week 87, I think it was, week 86, uh, the, the, the Nikon B700. And it did the job. It really did. And, you know, in, it, for, in between week 60 and week 80, there was some, or actually until now, there's some really good vlogs in there. There's some really good content. Um, you know, I really stood, I really did start to figure some shit out after, after 60. There was a couple good ones, a couple, two or three good ones. Yeah, two or three decent ones, like a good theme in fi in week 50. 40, eh, one or two. Um, 30 up, there was a couple. And, you know, like, it was like, I was batting two, 300 each week. But my content, as I started getting to 60 and 70 and 80, my batting averages really increased. Then the Concorso Italiano came. I was like, oh, shit, it's going to rain. But I'm like, all right, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll fly the drone early because uh, in Salem, in that part of Salem, there's no, uh, there's no, it's, it's completely out of range of any airport. So it's like perfect. So about 10, 30, 11 on the Sunday, because I was there Saturday doing wine and cheese with the wine distributor. Get there Sunday, start filming and everything like that, and then it just starts downpouring. All the cars have showed up. All the people are there. 200 cars, you know, a couple thousand people. Awesome. And then, boom, clouds open up, and people are getting drenched. They start running. I'm like, screw it. I'm going to keep filming. Well, this camera's not. This, the, the B700 is not weather sealed. Um, I didn't realize how much of a big deal, how big of a deal that was uh, until, well, I'd say about one o'clock when I kept trying to keep filming and then the camera wouldn't turn on or the recording button wouldn't work and all of a sudden the thing just wouldn't turn on at all. So that was it. I basically killed a $300 camera, which in my opinion with all of its faults and, and to begin with when you first buy it, it that camera's maybe worth 150 bucks For what it does... It's not even a great photography camera. It has all these options for photography, you know, time, you know, time lapse and slow motion and all kinds of other jazz. But it's not a great point and shoot. So it's basically a point and shit. Uh, but it had a great zoom lens on it. That's for damn sure. Uh, but in my opinion, I probably should have got like a P nine hundred, or uh, the new one is the P one thousand. But just a big failure. 300 bucks out the door. I can't even sell it damaged, which is sad. So after that, I was like, all right, I need an emergency replacement. I've been wanting to switch to Canon anyways, and I was looking for uh, the Canon T6i, which is a similar setup to... It's a DSLR uh, camera that films in the same frame rates with the flip-out screen, and it has a hot shoe on top for uh, my Sennheiser shotgun mic. So it's like, perfect, that's the camera I want. The only problem is they're like $600. So I'm like, you know what, let me go for a bridge camera. You know, that's not, it doesn't have a detachable lens. It has a 65, you know, times zoom and all that jazz. Perfect. I mean, the image quality is a little, a little lower than the Nikon, but it does the job. And by then, I had my three-axis gimbal stabilizer so I could shoot slow motion and stable motion with a couple other gear, my Fujifilm FinePix XP120 waterproof camera, which I should have had to begin with, arrived. I parked the brakes on that for so goddamn long, and if I would have had it in the Concorso Italiano, I'd still have the B700, which was a usable camera. Not anymore. But at that point, I had all that gear, 
and then I went to test the Canon SX60. 1080p, 60 frames per second, 16.1 megapixels, 65 point uh, tops, uh, 65 times zoom. Had a hot shoe on top, so the shotgun mic went on top. Two problems though. Battery life was garbage on this camera. All right, so but I'd say about half. Excuse me, half the life of the B700. So that's a fucking pain in the ass. You couldn't charge it through the camera. Unlike the B seven hundred or or the Handycam, and shooting indoors, anything indoors where you don't have direct sunlight or at night was awful. Worse than the Handycam, actually, way worse than the Handycam. The Handycam deserves far more credit. Um, but it was shit, like super grainy, like unnecessarily grainy. It was it was annoying? So I'm like. So I paid $240 for that camera. That camera lasted me from from week 86 to, it was basically, I had that camera for two weeks. I shot the Peaches and Dreams vlog, which when I was at Applecrest Farms, and then I filmed one week, uh, it was week 88, which was Sideways Part 2, or Sideways One Year Later, which was the drift racing event, which was in complete daylight, with the shot, and it had the Sennheiser mic on top of it. So I had great sound. But, yeah, like I said, doesn't shoot at night, doesn't shoot indoors either. So it's like, great. So now I had two cameras that couldn't shoot at night. What do I do? All right, well, I've been wanting to switch to a DSLR anyways. So I start looking into DSLRs and stuff. DSLRs and mirrorless cameras. DSLRs are basically kind of on their way out in some way, in my opinion, in some way, shape, or form. Mirrorless is smaller because they don't have an actual... When you take a lens off a DSLR camera, or any camera, the detachable lenses, there's like a little like a, like a little piece of glass in there. And on a DSLR, it's all mirror-based. But that takes up a lot of space. On a mirrorless camera, it's all digital. So the camera is basically flat, and it looks like a point-and-shoot. A lot of these ones, like the Sony uh, Alpha series, the Sony Next series... The Olympus Pen series, they're tiny. They look like point and shoots, but they had detachable lenses. So you can detach any you can attach any lens you want. And they got these tiny little bodies. And they have pretty good battery life, too. Problem is they heat up. They get hot. At least the smaller ones do. So by then I got rid of the SX60, but I was at that point I was searching for a DSLR, a cheap one. So I'm like, all right, what do I have that fits the specs? What can I get that fits the specs that keeps me in that budget that I was looking at? So I looked at the, I, fi I finally found the Nikon D5200. Problem is you usually don't get these with the lens. You have to spend extra for the lens. So I found the 5200, which didn't have any built-in optical stabilization. Image stabilization is huge because I run around a lot. I'm always bouncing around and shit like that. Number one, this, the battery life on this camera was not great either. But it had the flip-out screen. It had the sh it had the hot shoe for the shotgun mic that you could put on top. You know, it had it was your basic setup. It was it was like everything I needed and cool. Now I'm in the DSLR category. Now I'm shooting with a big camera that has a lot of presence and cool. Let's do work. I ordered a Tamron 28 millimeter uh, a lens on top of it. I figured that would do the trick. 28 to 80, I think it was. Problem was the lens had, I got the lens for like 48 bucks. It's like, sweet. But problem was, lens had no optical stabilization in it. Anything before 28 millimeter, the, th the, li the lens would blur out. So you had to hold that at arm's length away. Anything closer than arm's length in the, the quality of the image would start to blur out. And you can see that in the week, it was the week where I, sh it was week 90 actually, where I was shooting at the uh, Hampton Beach Seafood Festival. And it was like, like, all right, well, and the image stabilization was awful. It was like zero. So any movement, it it was it looked like complete shit. It didn't blur out. It just you couldn't see anything, and it wasn't a wide angle lens, so you couldn't. There was like it was such a tight box. Even though it was 1080p at 60 frames per second, and I was shooting way far away, you had a heavy camera that with a shitty lens. Even though Tamron's are a good lens, don't get me wrong, Tamron's are a good lens. I totally recommend them. Um, so a lot of people say they're even better than Sigma lenses. But it just wasn't good. 
so I was actually using other things. Like I would use my my Fujifilm Fine Picks uh, for in in my phone with the three axis gimbal stabilizer. So I was using all these other things. So this Nikon made a quick appearance, and another thing. With the DSLR, this this Sennheiser shotgun mic that I have, first of all, it's an expensive mic. But when you put it on a DSLR, you have to set, you have to calibrate the the sensitivity of the microphone through the the camera. Otherwise, you get this really annoying hissing sound. And I had to drop the sound so low to get rid of the hissing. You basically couldn't hear me on the fucking camera. So I was like, okay, shitty battery life, no image stabilization unless I buy a really expensive microphone or really, excuse me, a really expensive uh, lens. And we're talking, when I say expensive lenses, probably a few hundred dollars. Easy. Well, that's pointless because it's just going to make the camera more heavy. And eventually it's going to, and when you buy a heavy camera and you have a cheaper Gorillapod, it just breaks the stem off the Gorillapod. And now you have a useless tripod, you know? So it's like, I can't do that. And the sound quality was shit. So shit, shit sound quality, shitty image, low battery life, shaky image stabilization. And it was like... Annoying, just annoying. Um, but it had the pre- it had the presence I wanted. So it's like, all right, let me scale back. I'll scale back, get something else. So I wanted to shoot in MP4 because MP in MP4 the format because like certain cameras shoot shoot in different codexes and different formats, and then you got to convert them. It's part of the the nerd techie process. It just takes longer. It's fucking annoying. So. I'm like, whatever. I, I'm like, oddly enough, the best luck I've ever had with cameras has been with Sony. Problem with Sony is they're proprietary. Everything they have is proprietary. Their mics are proprietary. Their formatting's proprietary. All their shit's proprietary. Except for their, yeah, just yes. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to switch back to Sony because my point, my original point and shoot was a Sony and it worked. My handy cam is, is proprietary. That is a Sony. And it works and still works. And you can buy them cheap. So I'm like, all right, well, screw it. I'm going to go back to Sony, at least for now, um, and figure out, you know, I'll deal with the proprietary shit and I'll start looking at cameras through them. You know, granted, I would love a larger DSLR, you know, like a T6i or a Panasonic uh, Lumix DMC 300. F- or FC 300, which I think would be my new my next camera down the road because that is a bridge camera with a hot shoe for a, a, a shotgun mic on top. It has the flip out screen. It's got a great uh, sensor, and I'm guessing fuck it, they can probably shoot at night because it runs on a, a, a format similar to Sony's. So it's gonna do it all. It has great presence. It'd be perfect. So I think eventually I'm gonna switch to that. So I've been searching, you know, since week 90 for what my next camera is gonna be. You know, because we're coming up on week 100, and it's like, all right, what am I going to do from here? You know, what is my, you know, what am I going to be shooting with for a while? Because I want to scale back, so if I need extra accessories or I need to, you know, because you know, I fund pretty much all this shit. You know, I have a couple financiers, a couple backers, but for the most part, if I need to go out and buy something, that's me. That's all me, bro. You know, I have my podcasters, I, you know, the peanut butter company. Well, the podcasters. I have my, uh, yeah, I have my supporters. I have the peanut butter company. I have um, a couple backers that help me do that. But for the most part, it all comes out of pocket. And when you destroy a camera, you know that's a that's kind of a big loss, especially when I lost my first drone. You know, and uh, thankfully the one I have uh, has been. I have not crashed this one at all. It's been relatively great. Um, I wish it was a pro, which it's a 4K. I thought it was a pro, but it's not. But, which basically means I don't get as much range, but the thing will still go a mile and a half when there's no frequencies around. It's great. It's a great drone. You know, it's a Phantom 3 4K. It's a really good drone. There's a lot you can do with it. Period. So, eventually, I, I, I was looking at the Sony Alpha series and the Sony Next series. The Sony Next series, they make one called the 5, the 5R, the 5N, and the 5T. It's called the Sony Next 5T. I was looking, I was like, you know, let me scale back. I'll get rid of the lens. About $300 I had into the Nikon. So I sent, so I sent back all that stuff. Some of it I didn't have to send back. They just like, screw it. We don't want it. Just here's your refund. Here's your $5. Here's your $5 for the battery. Here's your $5 for the for the tulip. 
uh, uh, lens hood, and uh, yeah, that's it. Who cares? So free money, okay. Yeah. So I found a so I settled on a Sony Nex five a Sony NEX five T. It's a sixteen point one sensor. It's a mirrorless camera. Instead of a flip out screen, it's a flip up screen. So like small and it's small. It's much smaller. It doesn't have a huge presence to it, but it has a detachable lens. It has a uh, 16 to 50 millimeter detachable lens. It's got a very pretty picture, especially for a 16 megapixel, but it's all digital, so it's a mirrorless, so you're going to get a better picture quality. Um, the downsides of it are a couple things. One, because it's a small camera, it gets hot after like 15, 20 minutes. The camera, uh, the camera body starts to get hot. Which is fine, because I generally don't shoot over 15 to 20 minutes in one sitting. I generally will stop, switch to another thing, and that by then I'm start using it, it'll cool down again. And it has detachable lens, so you can do a lot with it. It's not heavy at all. It doesn't have a huge presence, but because it has a detachable lens, it has a flip-up screen, and it's on a tripod, it'll do the job. It definitely will. Uh, you have to be careful when you order batteries for the Sony NEX 5T. Because if you buy the cheap ones, chances are they may not fit right and they don't charge and the camera won't even turn on. So make sure you buy the right one. If you buy them through Amazon, they'll cost you $50. If you buy them through eBay, get them through eBay, you get them from between $8 and $15 in a two-pack. And I hopefully the ones that come next week will be good to go. I'll charge them and double and test them. But it's a great-looking camera. It's light. It has a flip-up screen. Problem is, the it doesn't have a hot... Sh it has a proprietary... Uh, adapter on top so you can't just throw any flash on there even though it comes with its own flash you can't just throw any one that you happen to have left over on there and it has no microphone input well it doesn't have your standard three and a half millimeter microphone input so there's one they have one microphone for that camera just one just one no two excuse me but one of them is a, is a big stereo TASCOM type of mic the second one is the one that's designed for it. It's called a Sony uh, ECM SST1, and it's a shotgun mic, and it shoots in two. It shoots at 120 degrees and 90 degrees. So when you want to shoot really straightforward to get your subject, so it's perfect. Problem is, you really only can find them in two sources, and those sources are like 130 dollars, where you can go and buy a shotgun mic on eBay or KEH or, or, or Amazon for like 40, 50 bucks or even 30 if you really, you know, you need to cheap it out. So like $130? That's bananas, yo. That's almost the same price I paid for the camera. I paid $180, $190 for this camera and it came with a lens. So it's like perfect. You know, shoots in 1080p, 60 frames per second. It's got everything I need. It's got the flip-out screen. I got a couple cheap accessories coming for it. I have a tulip lens hood coming for it. I have a um, a sunshade coming for the coming coming for the screen. When I'm shooting straight forward, I can put the the sunshade on there so I can see all my subjects and all that jazz. And I did eventually bid down. I bid somebody down on on eBay to get. Uh, there was two. There was one for ninety and one for and I bid this guy down to a hundred. So I offered him 100 He took it, and then he sent me an invoice. I'm like, shit, I guess I have to buy this one because I sent another offer for 75 on another one. But So I got a, I got a proprietary lens, a, excuse me, proprietary shotgun mic coming for the NEX 5T for 100 bucks. So I'll get the sound quality. I'll get the detachable lens options. I have the reversible screen, even though when you have the, the, the Sony mic, on there, on actually on the on the camera, the lens doesn't go all the way up. It actually kind of sits at an angle. So that's something I kind of have to deal with. But the good news is, it's small, so it's compact, so it's not as hard to travel with. The B seven hundred was a little bit more difficult to travel with because it was a it was just a bigger camera. But it was cool and it had a great uh, zoom on it. But the problem was is the Focus, the autofocus on it wasn't as great. It sometimes it would just get lost in your eyes. But so I'm I was one thing I was dealing with, but no big deal. But this camera's super compact. It's gonna fit great in the bag. 
for when I travel and all that jazz. I just don't want to drop it. It does have a couple of one other flaw is that when you zoom in, when you zoom on it, because it has an, the, the, uh, there's an optical stabilization and a auto zoom built into the camera, which is freaking sweet, into the uh, lens, excuse me. But it makes this weird, it's, it's kind of a, a louder zoom. But, and if you're using the um, stereo mic on the, cam- on the actual camera, you'll hear the zoom. So it's like, ugh. but with the shotgun mic I have coming, that should take that should take care of some of that issue. And I'm not really worried about that because if I'm in an environment where I need to zoom in and out and all that jazz, I'll deal with it. But I wanted to scale back, get something a little bit more compact, but still have enough of a presence where, because this thing's gonna be, it, this camera has a detachable lens. It's gonna be mounted on a, it's gonna be mounted on a tripod, and it's gonna have the flip up screen, and it's gonna have the proprietary shotgun mic so it's going to have it's it's going to have enough you know of its you know uh uh, the fuck is it like a peacock it it can peacock a little bit all right that's what you you need a camera that peacocks a bit um you know it kind of spreads out you know and it gives you more credibility if i get a uh a windsock one of those little fuzzy windsock things for the for the shotgun mic um it'll give it a little bit more presence as well i only need a small one though because this is not a big mic. This is a very compact camera. So that's kind of what I'm doing right now. That's where I'm sitting at. And the first test for this camera is tomorrow at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Well, you, by the time you guys hear this, it will you know already be up and stuff. But my, my first test will be week 91, New Hampshire Motor Speedway. I only have one battery, but thankfully I have all my other gear with me to compensate for this. And it's not a super long event. You know, it's between 9 and 4. So I'm going to be testing that that this thing out then. And with that, hopefully if this thing does really well, the shotgun mic will come in. The shotgun mic will be here by the end of this week. So that'll be good to go. The batteries, there's two batteries will be here. They'll be tested, ready to go. And then all the other filter, all the other accessories I have coming for it will expand, you know, the, you know, expand the look of the camera, which is perfect. And that'll be that, and that'll be my my main go-to camera for now. And it it tell it allows me to tell the story. And it, if it gets me to week one hundred, great. That's all I care about. It gets me to week one hundred. But it's it's been a bitch, you know. But I have that. Um, and then I also have I have another camera. It's a Fujifilm FinePix XP120. I learned my lesson. Got a waterproof camera, so if I throw it in the ocean, it comes back out and says, hey, let's go again, like a golden retriever. So I have that. That also shoots in 1080p at 60 frames per second. So I get I get the video quality of that. It also has 16.1 megapixels. Um, perfect. You know, and it's a tri- it's tripod mountable as well. And oddly enough, it fits it fits just barely in my three-axis gimbal stabilizer. So I can run around town a little bit with that thing in there and get really smooth shots, which is fantastic. So I have that going for me. It's a little blue thing. I have a little pouch that I can attach it with a carabiner to my hip. So I run around with that, and it's like, cool. So I have all this stuff. And I have the gimbal stabilizer and a small sling pack for when I'm running around with all this gear. And then I have also my Samsung Galaxy S9 Plus, which shoots great video as well. So, I'm getting a text message. Uh, Let me see. Yep, just podcasting. Yep, just doing the pod. Okay. So, I have that, and as long as I can use this gear and it gets me to week 100, great. You know, that's that's been my thing. It's been a pain in the ass uh, dealing with all these camera issues it's like one week i have this camera one week i have another it literally went from the b700 to the sx the canon sx60 to the friggin d5200 nikon to now the sony which i haven't even tested yet so i mean definitely switching back and forth from this thing to that thing it's just it's a fucking pain in the ass but now things are starting to solidify and my next goal is if the camera works out then i'm going to start looking at laptops and you can get laptops pretty cheap, but I if my next computer needs to be 
uh, really ready to handle any type of video editing that I throw at it. So it's got to be have that ability. But yeah, August was definitely a bitch when it came to financial responsibility. Um, and then, you know, upgrading my gear or, well, you know, making sure that all my gear was sound. But you, I got through it. That's the thing. After 90 weeks, I've managed to continue to be consistent, not with my themes, but with putting content out there, putting out ra uh, random fun stuff on Instagram, and just being... Just me. Sorry. I know. Not supposed to be texting during podcasts. I apologize. So, here's the thing. You start out with nothing. You start out, you're not sure what your theme is. You're not sure how good your gear is. But your first one isn't going to be shit. Not everything is a goddamn Instagram meme, okay? A selfie on fucking Facebook or whatever. You have to start out doing the crappy stuff. Shooting the video yourself. Your own opinions. Your own raw, untested, unchallenged opinions and thoughts and views. And then you got to edit it yourself and you got to put it out there. And you got to hope somebody looks at it. And then you got to learn how to do the, the, the marketing yourself and the hashtags and the algorithm shit yourself. And, uh, and... Oh, hold, hold, please. Ugh. I also have a roast in the oven. Nice pork roast. Delicious. But everything that's an Instagram, it's it's not, it can't be polished. The whole idea of vlogging and stuff like that, it's not supposed to be polished. It's a behind the scenes of, in some cases, a behind the scenes. You're doing everything on the fly. You're running back and forth. Your image stabilization is not always going to kind of keep up with you. Sometimes the run and gun aspect of a vlog is what makes it so great. So you get in there. You show the, the scratchy parts, the itchy parts, you know, um, to the public, and they like that. They like that movement. They like to watch you run around and stuff like that, as long as your image stabilization is halfway decent, you know, and you cut, you cut it well, because you're not always going to get the best shot, especially in the beginning when you suck. So you suck in the beginning, you learn to get better, you start to find the topics that you like, and you find a consistency to the schedule. When can you find time to shoot? And in my opinion, it's like this. The way I vlog, for every hour that you shoot, you get about 30 seconds to one minute of material. Actual editable material. Unless the actual event or thing you're shooting is so in-depth, you generally get, if you're constantly moving through a festival or whatever, you get about 30 seconds to one minute for every hour. So, for example, week 26, dog day afternoon, I shot the world's longest lobster roll in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And all the the all $3,000 went to the Hero, uh, Hero Pups nonprofit uh, agency. Um, pairs uh, veterans and first responders with rescue dogs. Fucking awesome. So I was there between 9.30 a.m. A.m., of course. Mm. To about 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock. It ended up being a seven-minute video pairing it all together if i didn't do like a whole like from beginning to end of the actual lobster roll it would have been about a six minute video but that like i said at the end of the day for being there between 9 30 and 3 it's about you know five to seven hours so it's between a five to seven minute long video so if you see what i'm getting at that's how i generally shoot i gotta pay attention to where i'm putting this mic you know when you're when you're podcasting you kind of gotta shove that mic right in your face um, it's like you're right before you're about to eat a giant muffin. So that's my philosophy on that. And in the beginning, yeah, the vlogs were shit. Who cares if my fucking dad died in week five or, or, or if my camera got stolen in week nine? It's like people don't care. They don't. At the end of the day, they really don't give a shit. They want to see. They just want they're Sometimes they're curious. They watch for a few minutes and they move on. And if, and I was doing, at that time, my vlogs could be anywhere from 8 minutes to 15 minutes long. And I, number one, my content wasn't good enough. My jump cuts when I was talking were not tight enough. So, but I eventually learned to condense it. Anywhere between, now on average, my vlogs are between 5 and 8 minutes long. 
sometimes nine and a half, depending upon the subject. But now they're short, not short, but they are compact and to the point. So you pretty much get the idea of what's going on between five and seven minutes. And that's perfect. And since it's weekly, it's a weekly event, you know, what I'm doing, it has to be a, a really good story of something of between five and seven minutes of not just me sitting here and talking because I can sit down and do that on the podcast or maybe through through Twitch, which I need to work on, you know, to, you know, I need to get more content on Twitch. I don't have any. Shit, I don't even have a computer that can run it right now. Uh, not in any position at the moment. So you start out, you do shitty, and it takes you a long time. You don't, I mean, literally, I've been doing this for 90 weeks, and I've still just scratched the surface. I'm still scratching the surface of what is actually possible and how good I can possibly be and what my limits are. And all. And it has a lot to do with me, how good I am, my gear, my location, my finances, the people at my support group that's around me. So there's many different factors. But at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter where you are. If you have a passion or a topic or something like that that you're into, that you can get into, there's always a way to get started. Because there doesn't have to always be a plot. Generally, if you're just trying to show off your skills, then you just you do concepts or imagery, something like that. Or, top, you, know, or you try to be topical. And you have to have good practices. And you have to cater your life towards those practices. And that means making sacrifices or compromises or tightening up your schedule and being more hyper-efficient. So over 90 weeks, this has been great. Like learning how to prep my food, same thing as learning how to vlog. You learn how to tighten up your schedule. You learn how to be more efficient. You know, you, you learn how to shoot. You learn where you fucked up. And then you bring the, the, the data home. You learn how to convert it. You learn how to transfer it to where it's going to be edited. And then you learn how to post it and all that other jazz and the social media and letting people know that it's available. But if you're not going to tell a story or a vlog, like an actual, you know, climax and then a resolution, you know, a typical story arc, then you do a concept. Like sometimes I do concepts. Week 61 was a concept. Week 80 was a concept. Sometimes I'll just do like a straight drone vlog. You know, that's uh, like week 83 when I did the Isle of Shoals. That was a drone vlog. That was a bucket list thing. Something I wanted to do for the longest time. Go to Isle of Shoals and fly my drone. Because the fucking place is eight miles away. My drone's not flying eight miles. And if it could, it wouldn't make it back. It would probably crash somewhere around, I'd say, seven miles. Because those things only have a 20 to 30 minute battery. So, you, you know, you got to get back. Yeah, so... You pay 38 bucks, you go to Isla Shoals, and I was able to fly my drone all over the islands. It was great. So awesome. But you do these little things, and you have a purpose to them. And it was so much fun. It didn't get a lot, it didn't get really any views, but I still love the fact that I did it. It was great practice, and I look forward to doing it again. But you come up with these concepts each week. You plan them out a little bit. You go and you go on YouTube and you research your, your music, your royalty-free music, you know, non-commercial music, basically, so it doesn't get flagged and, you know, hopefully not blocked. You go in and then you create a music playlist so you can put music behind what you're doing. And then you have your, then you got to come up with a logo. You know, my logo ended up being pretty simple. I just played around with it on PixArt. You go on Android, P-I-S, P-I-C-S, Art. PixArt. It's a great photo editing program. It's easy to use. Uh, it's how I edited my logo. You don't have to use. You don't have to get something expensive like Adobe Elements or Adobe Photoshop CS8 or Illustrator or whatever. You can if you want, or you can go pay somebody to do a 3D logo. But at the end of the day, it, it's easy shit. You know, making a logo is freaking cake. Okay. Um. So you do all this stuff. You put all these little pieces together. These little, almost like spare parts. And you put all this shit together, and then after a while, you get a little bit of money, and you're able to fill in the gaps of certain things you need because you've been kind of winging it for a while. And then you have this little empire that you've built for yourself. And that's what I've done. And I had, now I have all this stuff that works. You know, If you find it on the side of the road or a back alley or somebody gives it to you, hold on to it. Don't hoard. It has to have a purpose or a possible purpose in the future. You know? I have this this I, I've I've podcasted with probably ten, at least seven to ten different computers, okay. 
And I had, in my opinion, every computer, if it turns on, it, it probably it may serve a purpose. Whether it's word processing or video editing or audio editing or surfing the web or checking your email or something, it should still have a purpose. And literally, I have all these computers. I have a, I have a Samsung i5 laptop that's in the living room. I have a Dell XPS all-in-one that's right in front of me up on, my, up on this little porch, this little thingy. And then I got the server in the other room. And then I have uh, an Asus uh, runaround computer that has like an eight-hour battery life, all that jazz. And yet, the computer I'm podcasting with right now, Best Buy won't even give me a trading gift card for. It's literally worth nothing. And yet, it will run, it will run a video, uh, an audio editing program, an audio recording program with a two-channel mixer attached to it with two microphones. And you can edit it and post it online with this stupid little netbook that has like a six-hour battery life attached to it. So why the hell would I get anything else? Why would I go and buy an expensive computer or desktop when this thing works perfectly fine? Why would I go and get anything else? Why would I? This is perfect. It doesn't take up a lot of space. It does the job that it's designed to do, at least now, that it's set up to do. And it works. So you take these little things. Don't throw shit out. Don't go out and spend hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars on this shit. Go and get what works and does the job. If it's not going to go anywhere and if it's not taking up any space, then use that. People spend all this money and stuff like that. I mean, I was up on stage. There was 2,000 people in the crowd. They were doing this lobster roll eating contest in Hampton Beach last weekend. There was thousands of people there. And there was three or four photographers on stage. All using high-end Sony uh, A7 uh, mirrorless uh, uh, detachable lens cameras. Sweet cameras. Don't get me wrong. Sweet fucking cameras. All photographers. I had a three-axis gimbal stabilizer that I bought for 80 bucks. That was my phone. I was using my phone. First of all, the phone ain't cheap. It's a freaking S9 Plus. And I had my DSLR as well, which is an old, I mean, but not a great camera. But I was doing all this shit with just that. And then all the way in the back doing a hyperlapse was my little point-and-shoot waterproof camera. I put it in a little spot, and I just hit record. So I had three different angles with gear that, let's see, let's see, 180, 200 plus the uh, 80. So maybe $300 worth of gear I had on stage. They had $1,500 to $2,000 cameras doing photography. Granted, photography requires a certain type of camera, you know, a, a Nikon D series or a Sony, uh, a higher-end high Sony, or maybe a really nice Canon or something like that. And I got cheap, I got way cheaper stuff up there, and I did the job just fine, you know. So you don't have, it, it really depends on what you're doing with the gear. You know, I, 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 first of all, and I was up there like all the rest of them. Forgot where I was, forgot where I was going with that. I don't know. I haven't had any booze today, I swear. Or have I? I had a glass of wine last night. But you take all this gear, all this spare gear, and I was up there like the rest of them pretending like I knew what I was doing. I was standing next to the mayor. Not the mayor, the governor. Standing next to the governor doing all this shit. Like I belonged. And I made some friends along the way. Apparently somebody knows somebody who saw me up there. I was like, great. So you have this spare gear, and you don't have to go out there and spend a shitload of money. You put it all together in the end, and it's just like anything else in life. You know, you don't have to go out there and get that Mercedes convertible or whatever. You can start with something simpler. You, you, you fill in the gaps with what you need. It's just material gear. It, these are tools for the job to get you what you need to, to get the job needed. you need to get done. The simple shit in life is all that matters. And I've been scaling back, too, on things I do in life for, uh, because there's so much information overload out there. Your brain just gets fried. And my brain needs to process at, so vital all the time that my brain needs to be up and at it, constantly thinking of new things. That's why I always have a notepad with me. So I, I basically, now, uh, a couple a couple best practices. One, I stopped using shampoo. I use soap only because estrogen-recepting type of product, uh, ingredients are in everything now. Fucking soy and, and, and lavender and all kinds of other bullshit. So I'm like, all right, done with shampoo. I just use bar of soap now. And I'm just as clean. It's great. I'm pulling. I'm scaling back on de uh, on antiperspirant. I'm only using deodorant now. It clogs up your pores, so I'm only using deodorant now. Just alcohol based. Done. 
uh, scale back on coffee a little bit. Uh, you, you guys already know, but I kicked Starbucks. I don't shop at Starbucks anymore. Fuck that noise. I mean, I have, I still have their coffee beans and two, a couple of their mugs, but yeah. So I kicked that to the curb. Scale back on that. Twitter. I don't do Twitter on the weekends anymore. Anymore. Twitter is is a mean son of a bitch. It really is. It's unforgiving. And if you're on Twitter all weekend, you're just you're really not doing yourself any favors. So pulling yourself off of social media for the most part on the weekends, especially in no Twitter. I Twitter ban myself on the weekends. None. You know, because I'll just be sitting there freaking retweeting whatever Ben Shapiro says. Um, so that's done. Number another thing. When I sleep at night, no more cell phone alarm. So I'm gonna go out and get a clock radio or some type of mobile little tiny little radio thingy that's you know maybe turns on and plays WGIR or something but no more cell phone at night once I go to bed I turn the cell phone not only on silent I turn it off you know some people say well you just put it on silent no I'll feel so much better knowing when I shut that thing off that is one piece of technology that is not sending out any frequencies or any of that jazz it's off it's off and that's it good you know that's the way it should be Turn it back on in the morning. Get so much better sleep that I'll get so much better sleep that way. That's another practice. So I'm making these little adjustments and putting all these things together so that I can be more efficient and have a better quality of life. You know, I do everything myself, you know, cook my own goddamn food, wash my own damn car. You know, I take care of all my own gear. I edit all my own stuff, my audio, my video. I do pretty much everything myself. But you do all these things, and you learn how to be efficient with all your gear. And through 90 weeks of the, of everything I've been doing so far, you know, the gear has been up and down, and it's had its really shitty moments, which you can see on there. It's all there from the very beginning. You know, you start small like a, like a child. You don't know what you're doing with this stuff. You don't know what, you're, what direction you're going to go in. You don't know what themes are going are gonna to pop up or what moments you're going to capture serious sad real frightening traumatic happy you know life changing but you got that gear with you and as long as you're ready to go you're ready to capture those great moments and through the people that you know through the collaborators that have come in and out of my life come in and out of the studio to the ones that are still here you know it's been you just adapt with it and you roll with it and I haven't been perfect through all of it. You know, I've broken, you know, obviously broken cameras, lost cameras, lost gear, you know, collaborators. Some have come and gone. Okay. You know, at the end of the day, it's my responsibility to know who I'm bringing into the, into the uh, studio and who I'm not. That's my responsibility. This business is my responsibility. These, this whole website, everything that's on there, it's all my responsibility. So, I'm curious to see what the next 10 weeks are going to bring. And I'm going to try to do my best to now with new collaborators coming on board and possibly new channels coming up and new opportunities and new gear and new subjects. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what turn I take with all this stuff. And if, you know what's funny at the end of it? I've really met some, I've met some great people because people really get excited when they see me running around with all this stuff and doing all this stuff and getting all these angles and who I meet and who I'm standing next to and some of the funny things I shoot. And it, that's cool to me because it's, it's like a little adventure every weekend. And even though sometimes you're playing with the same topics, you can imp either improve on something that you did last time or you can give it a different view, a different viewpoint. But you have to be invested in it. When you're shooting, either put your phone away or just don't pay attention to it. You need to focus on what you're doing because there's also dangerous elements to what you're doing. You know, like one week I was responding to a text message and I swear a, a car that was going sideways almost hit me. So you got to focus on that stuff. Pay attention to what you're doing. Be fully focused on the, on the subject at hand, the adventure shooting, okay? That's important. When you're editing, you're editing. When you edit video, that's what you do. When you edit audio, that's what you do. You don't do anything else. You 
put yourself in a little spot that you're comfortable in that you can sit and edit video at. I don't care if it's on your phone, on a laptop, on a tablet, or on a full-size desktop in a studio or in a lab. You are sitting there editing, that's what you do, and nothing else. Don't tend to the kids. Don't, don't fucking tend to cooking or responding to all kinds of shit. You are in that spot, in that position, and that's what you do. You edit. Because editing is a, it's a moment of being. It's its, it's, its own dimension. And you, and, it's up, and you have to be in, stay in that dimension, stay in that mode, and stay in that zone in order to capture those moments in what's in your head. Just like a comedian. Okay? It's art. Editing is an art. It's an art form. Because you constantly will go over the same section over and over and over again, looking at different points and timing it to the music and all the other factors that go in hand. And you have to friggin' you have to be fully focused on that. You can't be distracted. And this past 90 weeks has really taught me how to be more focused, wait for your moments, be patient with the gear that you have, and then on top of all that, you learn a lot of shit. And then you, you know, in the beginning, you're not going to know what you're doing. Even two years... I still don't know what I'm doing at the time. But man, I've seen some fucking cool stuff and I've met some great people and, and some not so great people. Um, but I've done it. And I can't wait to do more. And for the first time in a long time, I kind of get excited or, you know, hyper-focused for some, th- for some things. And my personality has improved in a lot of ways that when I go and shoot these events... I kind of show up to the game and it's like, oh yeah, I've been doing, I have now have a resume. It's like, I've shot here, I've shot here, I've shot here. I've met all these people. I'm associated with this affiliate, with these groups and I've shot video for them and I've edited a video for here and yeah, I've done some commercials and I've done this and it's like, now you, instead of like not knowing what to say to somebody when they ask you what you're doing there, now you can talk their fucking ear off. And it's like, you're giving them all this information to the point where it's like, we get it, you belong here, cool. And these people, a lot of them, really get super appreciative. Now, I shoot, and I'll wrap, I'm going to wrap this up in a few minutes. When I shoot, I try to be, for the most part, discreet. I try not to get my camp, I try not to get in somebody's face when I'm shooting. Because that, at the end of the day, you are invading somebody's bubble. So you try to be respectful of when you're shooting. You try to be passive. But you'll see people that kind of want to get in, or they want a picture, or whatever. And people are like, oh, are you taking pictures? Like, no, I'm a videographer. But, it's kind of cool because then they're in the video and maybe they have a chance to be on that in that episode. And sometimes they are. So you put that stuff together and then you have, and eventually you come up with this resume. It's like, look where I've come from. It's like, you can look at the first one. The first one matters just as matters as the next one. So the first vlog matters just as much as the one I'm about to shoot tomorrow and the one after that because that's where I started. Bitching, moaning, complaining at Starbucks over a cup of coffee with a fucking zit on my face and being stuck in traffic with no money, sleeping on the floor, not knowing what the next day was going to bring. And now, shit, man, it's been a fucking adventure. But I guess just you don't have to get the newest gear. You just got to learn how to tell your own story. Always start with telling your own story. Try to be honest. You don't have to be original. The only originality left in this world is your own story. Tell it the best you can and then go with what you know and set a schedule of consistency. And that will bring you to some type of success. Or at least put you in a place where you have an idea of what you want to do moving forward. Whatever that means. But it's been an hour. Maybe I'll come up with something next week. Uh, I wanted to get that out there, give you a timeline of my gear, where I've come from, my thoughts and opinions on what's going to happen going forward. Uh, to, and just give you a premise of where I've come from. And the challenges that are ahead. But I got a lot of, I got some good stuff now. You know, 
and people like some of my stuff, really do. You know, I got a couple haters out there, but you know what haters are? A distraction. Fuck them. You can thumbs down my videos all you want, whether they're good or the shitty ones. I don't fucking care. I'm going to keep filming. I'm going to keep recording. I'm going to keep shooting. I'm going to keep editing. I'm going to keep doing that. You can't pay attention to the haters, the critics. You got to keep filming. You got to keep purging ahead. Keep shooting. Who cares if you have 30 subscribers? Just keep filming. Keep learning. Just keep pushing ahead with what you have. Eventually, you just you adapt new stuff and new gear and new ideas and new concepts and better stuff will come along if you just keep trying. And that's the place I'm in right now. I'm in that crossroads where things are going to get better and, you know, I look forward to finishing strong with week 100, whatever it may be, and just going forward from there. But I'm going to finish my coffee. I appreciate whomever is listening, whoever gets some inspiration off this or some thoughts or if you have questions or whatever, uh, I'm more than happy to answer them. I had a long conversation with a gentleman I met last week at the Seafood Festival. Uh, we were talking about recording gear and things like that. And uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe we'll go catch a Worcester double-A softball game down the road. Uh, this is a nice nice guy. But uh, you can find me on Twitter, at POS Sarcasm. Uh, like I said, no Twitter on the weekends. You should adapt that. No Snapchat, because uh, I don't care about Snapchat. Facebook.com slash Positive Sarcasm. Twitter, at POS Sarcasm. Instagram, at P- Positive underscore Sarcasm. Uh, at Instagram for my drone footage. Uh, P.S. underscore Pelican. Pelican 2. <laughs> Pelican 2. Um, and then uh, you can catch me on YouTube, Positive Sarcasm. And, uh, of course, for any information or if you want to contact me, you can go to PositiveSarcasm.com. You can uh, hit the contact page there. Uh, the actual email that it attaches to is Positive Sarcasm at Outlook.com. And uh, I get pretty much every live email that's sent to me. If you have uh, questions about posing music or editing some type of video or audio, you can hit me up there. Uh, movie review questions or you want me to watch a certain movie, you can contact me and ask me to review and rate that for you, give your opinions. Any questions, you can contact me through any of these means possible. You know, I'm here to help you guys and myself, but want to help you guys build some type of dream, some type of empire. You know, it's a different world out there now, and you got to be as creative as possible to make yourself, you know, look above, stand above the rest. So, contact me any way possible. Uh, but uh, I'm gonna get this thing up here and uh, edit it shortly. But uh, goddamn, I'm hungry. But all right, that's enough for me. And uh, I'm gonna do more of these mono podcasts going forward because uh, it helps me get a lot of t- things off my chest. And I'll have, you know, like this week. It's been an hour, so uh, I'm gonna finish up here. And, uh, yeah, you kids have fun. Thanks for listening. This has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation. <laughs>